0: Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. It's that time of the week. This is Tyler Sheff, and I am your host, and you're listening to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. If you didn't already know that, this is your first time here. And if this is your first time here, make sure you subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Listen to, you know, hit the like key. Give me a little thumbs up action. Show me a little love. So this week, guys, we're going to talk about, well, the name of the episode, you saw it already, is probably, can they prove it? You're probably thinking, hmm, can they prove what, Tyler? I think a lot of you that know me well enough to know and have done business with me in the past probably know where I'm going with this. But those of you that don't, I mean, can they prove the facts they're telling you? Is is the seller, is the broker, is the syndicator giving you accurate information such that you can make a solid decision? That's backed in fact, or are we fact, Are we basing things in fiction, right? Are we doing the CNN Fox deal? Are we elaborating a little bit on the facts? Are we sensationalizing things or maybe downplaying things or just leaving things out of the narrative altogether? Because after all, that's what mainstream media does, right? It's how they roll. It's the game they play. And don't think that real estate transactions operate any differently. Now, I'd love to believe that everybody's on the right track that everybody's honest and ethical. Everybody's done their due diligence. Everybody's done their homework that the listing broker, if it's listed by an agent has asked the seller for proof of rents, got the leases ready for inspection when they go, when they go under contract, or maybe if the buyer wants to see them before they go under contract, they have the information ready. Now guys, this applies to the 500 unit apartment buildings. It applies to two unit apartment buildings. It applies to single family houses, trailer parks, doesn't matter. It's our job as the people putting money into the deal, whether you're, maybe you're a syndicator and you're sponsoring the deal like I am, or you're somebody putting money in the deal. You're putting cash, maybe your retirement account into the deal, maybe your pocket cash into the deal. These are things that you got to look at. Now you can take Tyler's opinion for it, right? You can just believe me at face value, but here's the thing you should probably know about old uncle Tyler. Sometimes I make mistakes. That's right. You heard it. I admitted it right here on recorded episode. I blow it sometimes. I make mistakes. So you're probably thinking, well, why the hell would you admit that in a public forum, Tyler? Why would you tell us that you make mistakes? It's like, well, first of all, you need to realize I'm human, just like you. I make mistakes. I almost ran over some chick on a a scooter today because she ran the stop sign. And frankly, maybe she was at, at fault, but I wasn't paying attention either. And I almost flattened that chick. So I made a mistake. Whoops. The good thing is I didn't hit her. Thank goodness. See, that's what I get for driving a car. Living down here in paradise in Key West, you don't ever drive a car. Hardly ever drive a car. But I bought a new, uh, some dive gear. Because, you know, when in paradise, when in Rome, right? Get in the water and have fun. So I bought some new dive gear. Uh, and I, and it got shipped. And I didn't feel like humping that down uh, back home in my bike. So I jumped in the Jeep, drove down there. Whoopsie. Let's get back on track. Negotiations, and this is my experience, and this is also the experience of I would say 99% of the people I've worked with over the years that have done a couple deals, they tend to lean towards the whole rose colored glasses effect. What do I mean by that? Well, that means everything is great. No worries here. Yeah, it needs a little bit of love, but oh, people are just lining up to move in here. And it's under rented because the seller didn't want to worry about tenants moving out. Well, guess what? Buyer doesn't want to worry about that either. So if you tell me that you're going to, all you got to do is buy it, and poof you can double the rents tomorrow just by putting new grass in the front yard i'm i'm going to have a tough time believing you okay if you're a broker and you didn't provide me some sort of relevant data for me to believe your bullshit like maybe a copy of some leases and i don't care you can trunk out truncate and cross out all the the tenant's name and what apartment they're in give me something give me a little nugget here give uncle tyler a, a bump right give me something that I can see in the early on. Because here's the thing. If you're a listing broker, wholesaler, whatever, you're a salesman. That's your job. So to be a successful salesman, that means you actually have to close something. You don't get points for getting under contract. You get points for getting past the closing table and getting a big old fat wire transfer in your bank account. If you're a syndicator, you'd be a rock star raising all the money in the world. But if you can't ever get anything under contract, or worse, if you can't ever get anything to cash flow, you're going to have some problems, boys and girls. That's not going to work out well for you. You're going to be a one-hit wonder, and then you'll probably be sitting next door to Bernie Madoff, right? People aren't going to like that. So one of the things that we look at right out of the gate is vacancy. And you should know, especially if you've never invested in a syndicate before. Now, I will say, those that are going to get involved with with uh with cashflow capital, which is my company with my partner, Mike Marino. Um, We're down here doing deals in Key West. We're raising money, but we're doing things. We're doing a 503 C for those of you know, those of you that are accredited a 503 C syndication, which means to invest with us, the law requires that you be accredited and how this is going to shake out is, is we're going to be reaching out to people that we already know that are in our database, but because of the nature of our exemptions, we're allowed to advertise this to accredited investors so we'll be doing an advertising campaign that's going to draw people to a webinar. And we're going to bring people on the webinar. And we're going to explain to them what we're thinking down here. We're going to break it all down. Those who have listened to the podcast probably already know where I'm going with this. And you, you probably know as well as I do what we're going to do down here because I've shared it at great detail on this, on this uh, podcast. And I plan to continue to do so. Okay. But know this. I'm not guessing. Mike Marino, he's not guessing either. How do we say that? Well, number one, I'm down here in Key West. I'm boots on the ground, man. I got the flip-flops on and I'm ready to roll. I got a little e-bike and I'm zipping my fat butt all around the island, got my boonie hat on, having a great old time. So I'm down here shaking hands, kissing babies, understanding, number one, who's down here? Who comes down here? Why do they come down here? So let's talk about vacancy for a second because it does all ties in. Now, physical vacancy, some of you may not have heard this, but physical, there's actually two types of vacancy. There's physical vacancy which basically applies to the number of empty units. So you got an apartment building, mobile home park, whatever. You got a couple of units vacant. That's physical vacancy, okay? So when you do your your uh, underwriting on a deal when you analyze a deal and, and guys, when you're investing money in somebody else's deal, you dang sure better be underwriting the thing yourself. And if you don't know how to underwrite, then you need to get the syndicator on the phone. And you're probably thinking I'm crazy for saying this, but get the syndicator on the phone, the sponsor, and say john tyler whatever break this down for me because i don't understand how your math works okay and they should be able to explain it well right and if they can't that should be a concern to you because maybe they overlook something maybe they haven't done all their homework okay i'm not saying they're dishonest i'm not saying they're lying none of that that could be true also of course but realistically maybe they haven't done all their homework maybe they're just so damn excited to be a syndicator and, and go to the, the, the next conference and wear a suit that they skipped over actually checking to make sure that the rents are correct. And hell, maybe they're buying from a wholesaler or a broker and therefore all their information is BS, right? Because I know very few that of both that give accurate information or information at all for that matter on cash flowing real estate, not trying to be negative, just realistic or they're just too lazy to provide it or they, maybe they're too new and they don't know they need to provide it. Bottom line is you're not getting the information. So if the person doing the deal doesn't have all the relevant data, hasn't done their due diligence and they're estimating, and this is where a lot of these electronic tools create a problem. Now, you know, uh, Rentometer is a friend of Cashflow guys, friend of mine. They're great people. I love their product. I use their product all the time. Okay. I just renewed my membership. Okay. Just the other day or just actually today. Um, But they'll even tell you it's not exact. It's like Zillow. It's like the 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 uh, Zestimate type of thing. It it extracts the information they give you from data. That data is not always a hundred percent accurate. Now, it's not like they're intentionally trying to deceive, but they can only share with you what they have access to, and they do a real good job at what they're what they come up with. Now, I will also say that generally speaking, this is my experience: the result they give you can be conservative. I will absolutely say that it can be conservative because it's. It's uh, pulling data off of advertised rents. And that doesn't, that can mean a lot of things, right? Um, And it's averages, right? They use averages. They don't use, you don't get uh, a complete breakdown depending on what level you're on a plan. But this isn't a commercial for Rentometer. It's just one of the many data points you'd use. A lot of people overlook some of the obvious data points that are right under your nose. Like if you go to Rentometer, for example, and you search Key West, um, you're going to find very conservative numbers that are not even remotely uh, realistic. Are they achievable? Sure. Because you, if you rented at those amounts, you'd be leaving a fortune on the table. Okay. Right now, there's nothing to rent in Key West. There is zero capacity. There's nothing here. My lease, because I'm renting right now, when we, when we, uh, we signed a lease. Our lease is up November 11th or 12th or something like that. And Jill and I have been trying like hell to find a place, another place to rent. And understand, I don't have budget restrictions. I don't really care what it costs because I love living here. This place is freaking paradise. I mean, within reason, I'm not going to pay 20 grand a month, but at the same time, I don't have budget issues. So I'll pay whatever it takes if the place is decent. And I haven't even had a chance to exercise that muscle because there's nothing for me to even look at in any price point, in any condition at all. It's just not there. There's no availability. Well, what does that do for demand? Demand is huge, huge. You get three, four people packed into a one-bedroom apartment in some cases. I'm not a fan of that as a landlord. I'll tell you that right now. But what I'm finding is a lot of the places that are rented, and I was going through some records, and I've looked at old eviction records because I really want to know. I want to get my finger on the pulse of what goes on, how the courts work around here, how the eviction courts work, how the city works, the building department, the code code enforcement, all that stuff. I want to know everything I possibly can about the city as it relates to owning assets in the city. And here's what I've learned. There's been a lot of people that have been in the same apartment for decades, 10, 20 years, not uncommon. And their rents are so cheap by Key West standards, they should be free. They're actually cheap by hell, Tampa standards. I know I've seen situations where people are paying because they haven't moved and their, their landlords are older much older and the landlords are just, they like them, they're friends they, I don't know, maybe they smoke pot together in the alley and drink rum drinks, whatever it may be uh, pirate mafia as uh, my partner, Mike calls it maybe for whatever reason, they're just not raising the rents. So there's no capacity, which means their rents never go up. If that makes them happy, should knock themselves out. But you know, I'm a capitalist pig, so I'm not, that's not how I think there are a huge, huge amount of people Uh, just standing outside the gates waiting to get into Key West that will pay whatever it takes. People like me, I love it here. I'm not leaving and I don't have budget issues. So I'm willing to pay for, you know, no big deal. I'll take care of it, but I can't find a place. So imagine guys and girls when you get to invest in a city, but here's the deal. Duplexes, triplexes, single family homes, apartment buildings. They're for sale. Now a lot of them are not on the market, admittedly. Because a lot of these properties are are discussed on the street, walking down the street in the morning with your cafe con leche at seven thirty, with your newspaper under your arm, sipping on that that caffeinated goodiness, having that little sausage egg and cheese sandwich, that's when you talk to Pedro. And Pedro, you know, he's getting tired of being a landlord, so we sit on the on a bench or something in one of those little pocket parks and we used to have a great conversation and i walk by this guy all the time and we have we have great talks and he says you know i'm thinking about selling my place really pedro? yeah what do you want for it a million bucks my reaction is always uh i do my best to not not show emotion but whatever what is it pedro it's a it's a duplex i see how many bedrooms are the units oh they're two bedroom units i see got a transient license no And by the way, transient license means, can you rent it nightly, right? Can you do it like an Airbnb type thing? So I'll sit there and have a conversation with Pedro. And then I get around to ask him, Pedro, I'm curious, what does that place rent for per unit per month? Two bedrooms. You got two, two bedroom units. What do you get for rent? Oh, I get 1850 on one and 2100 on the other. Now I'm being honest with you guys. A lot of you guys are thinking that's a lot of money. You know, if you're in Kansas, that's probably a lot of money, but in Key West, that's a gift. That's cheap. That's below market. Okay. I'm in a one bedroom, uh, here, my wife and I, and it's admittedly, it's very nice. And we're in a great neighborhood. Not that there's really a bad neighborhood in Key West anyway, but we're in a real nice neighborhood. We're an old town. Um, it's an old beautifully restored house built in the late 1800s. Um, but it's small, you know, it's definitely small and you can forget about boundary restrictions here in in Key West because everybody builds on everybody bills is a lot. I can reach out and slap my neighbor in the head if I want to, but, Back to my point, I pay twenty two hundred, and I got a hell of a deal for twenty two hundred. Mine includes electric, water, and uh, uh, what do you call it, internet. But I got the deal because the landlord, the person that owns the property, they live here in the wintertime. They're snowbirds, so they go back to where they live up north, and uh, you know, in the north part of the country. I think they're in Wisconsin or something. They go up there uh, and and summer up there because I don't blame them. It's hotter than Hades here in the summertime. But they go up there and they, they've got some property in a lake and they hang out by the property in a lake. And then when it gets cooler up there and gets ready to snow, they jump on a plane and come down here. And that date winds up being November 12th. So crunch time, September 30th is, is, is Thursday, September 30th. I'm recording this. And uh, we're getting close. We've got a month. So we had to make other arrangements. And what we decided to do, I'll discuss probably in another episode. But we, yes, we're absolutely staying here. We're not going anywhere. You won't take me. out. The only way going to take me out of here is in a coffin right? I'm not leaving the keys. It's just too amazing right here. Not anytime soon. Anyway, I got some, some business to take care of here in the keys because there's just too much opportunity. I'd be an idiot to move away from the keys. I mean, oh, and Key West, and this is where it's at, where it's happening. You, know you don't believe me, you get yourself out an airplane and for under 200 bucks a ticket, unless you're out in LA and uh, you can find out for yourself. It's great. It is absolutely awesome here. So where am I going with this? Well, because there's no capacity, because there's no place to rent, the $1,800 or $2,200 a month or $2,300 a month they're paying in, in Pedro's duplex is jump change because I can clean the place up, landscape it nice, and what I'm why I'm doing this is I want to appeal to a different audience. Maybe I don't want to deal, I don't want to rent to the person that can only afford $1,800 because Maybe I don't want to impact affordability and I don't want to be a dick, right? I don't want to put people out of their house. But at the end of the day, people move. That's just reality. A lot of folks come to Key West and they think it's a, you know, you can come here and and run around naked and be a hippie, which is true. But you can only do that uh, during a couple of the festivals. And then the rest of the year, you actually got to work your ass off and and pay your bills if you don't have uh, financial freedom in your belt. Well, lucky for me, I don't have to work. Uh, doing that kind of stuff. So I could enjoy it without having to work five jobs, but a lot of, I'm not saying that the brag, but the reality of it is a large majority of the people that uh, rent properties here are service workers and support staff and whatnot. And you know, they're not, they're having a tough time making ends meet. My opinion, I think the wages here are ridiculously low. Uh, I think bartenders and, and wait staff that by comparison on other parts of the, of the country, what they make would, would make them rich um, down here. It, keeps them at poverty level. You know, the, the folks come from up North and you guys tip a dollar for a beer, you know, forget about 20%, you tip a dollar. I I don't get it. Right. I I feel bad doing that. I think, um, but that's me. I'm not going to get on a soapbox, but I know that if I change the type of tenant that I rent to, if I know that I appeal to a single woman who, who has the ability to work remotely, maybe she's an executive, maybe she's in the medical industry. I don't know. Maybe she's a physician that is a real big time specialist and doesn't have to punch a clock every day, or maybe she's some sort of an an executive or something works online and she's got a, a good income. You know, she makes good money and living in paradise is important to her. That woman is willing to pay for a one bedroom apartment. I would say 3000 to $4,000 easily to the right tenant class. Now I'll be completely transparent because you guys know that, that I'm that way. If I go put that one-bedroom apartment on Craigslist or on Facebook Marketplace or one of the tenant groups there on Facebook, at that price, people would lose their freaking minds. I've watched it happen. They're not big fans of capitalism down here by any means. But the difference is, is that when you appeal to a different audience, you get less complaints. Now, that's the beauty, ladies and gentlemen, of investing in paradise. Because, yes, the people that don't have much income need a place to live. I totally get it. But, you know, there comes a time where you got to just keep it. You got to be real, right? Uh, Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills. Yeah, it's expensive to live on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills or on the Sunset Strip. It'd be very expensive to own a condo. And it's unfortunate that you can't afford to pay a million dollars for a condo or more on the Rodeo Strip or on the Sunset Strip. But you know what? That means that living there is not for everyone. That means it's for certain people, like, okay, Park Avenue, New York City, another example. It cost a gajillion dollars to buy a condominium. They call them apartments there, but, you know, what is it? Five, $10 million is chump change up there for a place to live. That's just chump change for, uh, to buy a place there. It's ridiculous, in my opinion, to rent a place there. So you got to ask yourself, are you being a jerk by changing the tenant class? And this is what I did in Tarpon Springs and guys, this is how I've always made my money is I've learned from my coaches and my mentors that if you, and I I originally heard this saying from uh, Tom Wheelwright. Okay. Tom Wheelwright is a tax guy. He's one of Robert Kiyosaki's advisors. And he said once in a book, he says, if you want to change your tax, T-A-X, you want to change your tax, you got to change your facts. And that hit me with a ton of bricks. I'm like, Oh, So to me, so to him, that means change how you earn your income and you can change how it's taxed. That made perfect sense. So I've taken that and applied it to real estate and being a landlord and adding value. And if I don't want to rent to people that can only pay $1,800 a month and I want to get $3,000 a month, then I need to increase the value proposition and I need to target a different audience. I need to get that, that. That uh, entrepreneur or that person that's high income, high net worth individual that just doesn't want to buy a house, right? Spending two million dollars for a single family house in Key West does not excite them because they don't want the commitment. Maybe they want to be footloose and fancy free. Hell, that's the whole reason half the people move to Key West anyway. So a lot of folks want to come to Key West. They want to have a place in Key West. They want to capitalize on paradise, but they don't want to buy a house. And you know what? That's cool. So for the people that want to get a return on their money that they spend, they invest with us, right? They they call up, they call us up, they get involved in our webinar, um, and they make sure that they can take part in that, right? They reach out to me, drop me an email, info at cashflowguys.com, and uh let me know that you're that's that's something that interests you. Or you want to get in a call with us, you go to keywest keywestcashflow.com forward slash call. Type that in your browser, keywest cashflow.com forward slash call. You type that in that gives you a uh, opportunity to go to my calendar and that is also Mike's calendar. It shows a time that we're both available. You click the thing, you book a time slot. We get on the phone with you and you can ask all the questions you want. We'll tell you what we're doing down here and break it all down. It's not a secret, uh, but we'll, we'll break it all down for you proper. Some folks are going to come to the webinar and they're going to decide that this isn't for them. And you know what? That's okay. Because they're right. This isn't for everybody this fund investing in this opportunity is for people that aren't kicking tires. This is not for people that are scared. This is not for people that let fear control their outcome. This is definitely not for people who think it makes more sense to let wall street, a complete stranger, hundred percent control your financial future. If that's you, this is not going to work for you. If you're looking to dodge taxes, well, guess what? I'm going to make you some ching ching. And you're going to pay some taxes because that's how it works, guys. And I know a lot of people doing what I do raising money, they'll they'll blow smoke up your skirt and tell you all these great tax advantages and whatnot. But what they don't know, and what they can't honestly say, is most of the tax advantages that come from this stuff, guys, when you're investing uh, passively, don't really apply to you. They may apply to the deal sponsors, they may apply to maybe some of the of the people, but a lot of folks, because of their own independent how they earn their income and how much income they earn, can't take the tax advantages, so they just got to pay Uncle Joe. But you know what? It's better paying somebody out of profits than paying somebody out of net, right? It's better to, why get your head knocked off in taxes and then lose more money in inflation? How about you make that money, make more money? And enough of the, of the sales pitch. that it didn't mean to go down that road, but that's what we're doing down here. And if that interests you, you're curious about that, again, you go to keywestcashflow.com. Put the slash in there forward slash call. You get on our calendar, you drop an email to me, right? You can go to my website, cashflowguys.com, use the contact me form, or you, there's a million different ways to contact me. I'm not a hard guy to find. So timeline, we're going to be doing this. Uh, we're going to be kicking this off here. And I know I've said next month, next week, two weeks, I promise. But you know, when you're dealing with the securities and exchange commission and dealing with attorneys and accountants and all these different people, right? you got all these different team members, lots of moving parts to get legit and to make sure everything's done right. So we're a little bit behind schedule, admittedly, but we're going to be popping off this webinar probably in about six to eight weeks. And uh, But in the meantime, we are set up, we are fully authorized by the Securities and Exchange Commission to bring capital on. Our investor portal is open and ready. So if you don't want to wait for the webinar, if you're ready to just get rolling and you're an action taker, then you need to get on the phone with us and we'll run this whole thing through you. We'll explain everything we're doing You can pick our brains, and I encourage you, I demand, I insist that you ask me questions. I want you to understand where the profits come from. I want you to ask the tough questions, okay, because you need to know this stuff. So let's get back to Atlanta for a second, shall we? Atlanta, Georgia. You all know Atlanta, Georgia, right? right? Some parts of it are great. Other parts of it are probably on fire or you'll get shot. Not the greatest place in the world to live, I don't think, but you know, who am I? I? I've been to Atlanta several times. It's nice in some parts and the other parts not so nice, but so if you go on rentometer, if you strictly look at computerized data, uh, it says that the rents are averaging there. Actually, let me back up. According to Google, and I went on Google and I just ran a little search on Google uh, rents in Atlanta. And the, here's the narrative. And I just, I'm going to read it to you right off the gate, right out of the gate within the Metro area. The city of Atlanta has the most expensive rents, averaging $1,600 a month. Remember the key words here, averaging $1,600 a month for a one-bedroom apartment. Some of you are like, what? I'm paying 650 Um, And $2,000, and $2,080 for a two-bedroom, according to Zumper, a Z-U-M-P-E-R, a San Francisco apartment listing company. Okay, they're kind of like a Zillow, but for tenants, right, to, to find a place to rent. And rents for a two-bedroom apartment in Atlanta were up 10% in the past year. And this was dated August 10th of 2021. I got this right off Google. Uh, So accurate, no idea. I Google searched, that's the result they gave me. I I can't speak to whether it's accurate or not. You know why? Because I haven't done any work rolling up my sleeves, calling property managers, researching foreclosure or uh, eviction records to see what the rents were, talking to old Craigslist ads that haven't been deleted yet, doing the boots on the ground work to really clearly understand the Atlanta market. Not a clue. I I haven't done any of that work. I'll raise my hand right now. Haven't done the work. Okay. But in key West, you can bet your sweet butt that I've done the work. I understand everything there is to know about renting property as far as price and whatnot. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to learn, but I have a damn good understanding of what's going down here in key West. I will go so far as to say, I'm an expert at renting property in key West. Yep. That's because I got down here and immersed myself. You heard me say that at the beginning of the show. Let's go on. Talk about data. So I also got a pro forma over from friends of mine, and they're good people, that are doing a syndication. And by no means is this a shot at them. They're raising money to do a Class A apartment building, right, to to buy and and value-add a Class A apartment building. They list their rents at around $3,000 a month, okay, Uh, for a one-bedroom, $3,000 a month. Now, remember, the Google thing I said said it was 1600. So I used the rentometer, went to rentometer, typed in the zip code of their project. It came back with the 75th percentile, which is the higher echelon rents. Remember they're at 20, they're at 29th and some change so almost $3,000. Rentometer comes back with 1888 as a one bedroom rent. So if you're an alarmist and you just totally believe anything that comes on Google, you could go scam, scam, scam. They're ripping us off. They're lying. They're going to steal our money. It's Bernie ne- Madoff's nephew, or you could keep your yap shut and practice your critical thinking skills for a second and hear them out. Two bedroom, thirty six eighty nine a month is what the the average market rent is based on this pro forma. Okay, rentometer seventy fifth percentile thirty one fifty nine. So rentometer's less, but. Not that big of a difference, not when you talk about this kind of money, in my opinion, I mean yeah, percentage wise maybe they are, but it's about five hundred dollar difference. Three bedrooms <laughs> you'll love this three bedrooms projected rent is eighty three hundred bucks eighty three eight thousand three hundred dollars for a three bedroom apartment in Atlanta, you know the place where you can get shot downtown yeah that eight thousand three hundred dollars a month rent well, I'll be dipped. And then the 75th percentile, according to rentometer, is five thousand six hundred and twenty six dollars. Who's correct? We don't really know. Is the data inaccurate? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. We really don't know. Should we add these two together or divide the two add them together and then divide them by two and come up with an average and roll with that? Well, I'd say, hell no, because that doesn't really give you an average. It gives you an average, but not of accuracy. It gives you an average of potentially inaccurate information. So you got to, the sponsor, the deal sponsor, the landlord or the 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 guy doing the deal or girl should be doing more homework to be crystal clear on what they can reasonably get um, in the market, right? When they, they do, a, either they do new construction or they do a class A and they bring it up to speed or a class B or a class C apartment, whatever it may be. You got to ask the tough questions. How did you arrive at your rent figures? What data points did you use? What specific steps have you done? Have you used to determine your rent? In other words, prove it. Can they prove it? And the answer a lot of times, guys, and and I encourage you to ask these questions. Hell, ask me these questions. Get on the call. Go to keywestcashflow.com forward slash call. Sign up. Get on the phone. Say, Tyler, how in the hell can you get three, $4,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment? And I'll break it all down for you. I'll show you the facts. I'll show you all the screenshots of the ads of the landlords. I'll show you eviction records. I can show you all the stuff, mountains and mountains of, of information. And then I'm, we're also going to talk about the audience we're going to serve because here's the deal, guys. You're not renting an $8,200 uh, $8, apartment to somebody that, you know, flips burgers. It's not going to happen. They don't have the money. They can't afford it. And I know we're talking about there's issues with the affordability crisis and whatnot, but when you're talking about adding value and serving a different clientele, then you're not, you're no longer serving the people that are financially challenged. You're serving the people that don't have the same financial challenges that are in a much better financial position. And that ladies and gentlemen, is how you make your money. That changing use boys and girls I told you guys about my uh, my short some of my short term rental units. When we did this uh, pitch deck, they call it for the the syndicate, for to to talk about what we're doing in Key West. The attorney looked at it and says, "Now nah, he kicked it back." I'm like, "What's wrong with it?" He's like, "Well, the numbers aren't realistic." I'm like, but I've got tax returns to back it up. He's like, "I don't care. This you can't. There's no way you can make this much money." I've done the research. I've looked at the rentometer and the What not? There's no way that you've, you're making way too much money off these apartments. Well, okay. So are you telling me to be more honest? I need to fudge my numbers and be less profitable. He's like, yeah, no, he's going to believe that. I'm like, but it's fact. He says, I don't care if it's fact. It's not believable. Like you gotta be kidding me. But at the end of the day, that's why I hire him. Right. Uh, to keep me legal and all that. And it's like, wow, I, when I'm honest, I get in trouble and they, I'm being basically told I got to scale it back, but whatever we did it. You know, even, even our pitch deck guys like, yeah, man, that's, you're making too much money, dude. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I, you know, I've learned how to add value and serve the right people. And guess what? They're willing to pay for it. So guys, when you're doing these, I'm just going to wrap it up with this. When you're doing this stuff, guys, you're out there, you're going to put your hard earned money to work. You're going to invest in somebody else's deal, or you're just going to buy a property yourself and keep it. You need to ask the tough questions. You need to get on the phone and have a one-to-one. If you're not comfortable getting on a webinar in a group setting and asking questions and maybe sounding or looking stupid, I get it. i have those feelings too. Then you book an appointment before you invest 10 cents and you get on the phone with the deal sponsor. And if the deal sponsor won't get on the phone with you or won't answer your questions, you know what you do? You say, you know, appreciate the invite, but I'm just going to go ahead and take a nap and opt out. Guys, you deserve factual, accurate information. You deserve to work with people that have done the work to build a team, to get the right people in place, to blow your investment opportunity through the ceiling. Catch you guys next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to cashflowguys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.